Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today we're talking with Councillor Dylan Parker from Ramwick City Council. We discuss what inspired him to get involved in local council and we unpack the big issues around the eastern suburbs from buses and light rail, cruise ship terminals, incinerators at Mascot and the growing nighttime economy. You'll find out about everything that's happening in our local community. You're listening to Coogee Voice. get on a bus, get off the bus, wait for the light rail if it's there, then take the long winding route all the way past Railway Square into the heart of the city. So um, everybody from, you know, 90-year-olds down to young kids trying to get to school are just completely shocked by these changes. Is um, a joint venture down in Matraville um, at the paper mill to burn non purchasable so non-organic uh, waste and turn it into electricity in order to power the paper mill. There's no benefit for all of the people around it. It will have a massive uh, multi-multi-storey stack and it will spew uh, emissions all across the eastern suburbs. Everybody along Coogee Bay Road was saying it was pretty fantastic, um, at least to me, and we need to look at something more permanently so that you do it properly. Councillor Dylan Parker, welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today? I'm, I'm doing all right, Marjorie. It's beautiful, very late autumn morning. I've been for a swim at Des Renford, so I'm in a great mood, despite everything happening across the area. <laughs> well, we'll get to that a bit more into the interview. Now, first elected to Ramwick Council in 2017, why did you decide to get involved in local government? Well, look, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. A son of a small business owner, my mother's a nurse, I'm a Maroubra local down by the beach and work in Maroubra as well. I love our coast and our um, open green spaces. Uh, and the reason I decided to get into local government is I went, I've always been interested in politics, history and, and our community. But uh, what what really got me there is I went to a local meeting and there was a, a guy who I could only describe as a bit of a fuddy-duddy. He was in his late 50s. And in when it comes to local government, the mantra that gets beaten over and over again is roads, rates and rubbish. And I nearly fell asleep on my chair and I thought, you know what, I could do a better job than that guy. So I convinced my uh, fellow branch members and the rest is history. So that's why I got involved. But really, it's just a passionate um, desire to make our area a better place because we live in the world's best part of Sydney and probably the best bit of Australia. And um, look, you've got to fight to protect that. I couldn't agree anymore. Now, your key objectives are ensuring that there is sustainable development, uh, preserving green space, enriching Ramwick City's cultural life, delivering affordable housing, demanding accountability on the light rail. Let's go through some of these things. Why are they important to you? Well, let let me start from um, the beginning in terms of why I think it's really important to have a range of voices involved in all levels of government, all levels of politics in the community is because when you have people from all of the same walks of life, they come up with the same perspectives. And and for me, one thing I thought was completely being missed was having a strong and, and vibrant nightlife across the area. That's one thing I'm very passionate about. And when, when the sun sets at 
seven o'clock or six thirty, people don't go to bed. Life continues, but there was nobody talking about it. And so for me, I looked at it and I went, "That's something which our area was crying out for." And um, it's been a main push in that regard. There's a whole bunch of other issues, but that's one thing which I think everybody, um, in at least in recent years, has said has been completely overlooked. There's a couple of really big issues that are going around the eastern suburbs at the moment. Buses, light rails, cruise ship terminals, incinerators, nighttime economy. Uh, let's start going through them. Buses and light rails, what's your perspective on this? Every single person across the east is going buses, buses, buses. We love our buses and they're absolutely shocked that they're going away. Uh, and, and, and the reason why everybody is shocked is because the buses are working well now, right alongside the light rail. There are plenty of people who say, look, we're open to trying it, but they've voted with their feet. They they tried the bus, they tried the light rail, they liked the bus, uh, and they're just completely astounded by the fact that the uh, current Liberal government wants to take them away. I think it's something like 25 routes um, all across the city. And what it will mean is that uh, in the non-peak, you won't be able to get a direct bus into the heart of the CBD. Um, you'll have to, to get on a bus, get off the bus, wait for the light rail if it's there, then take the long winding route all the way past Railway Square into the heart of the city. So um, everybody from, you know, 90-year-olds down to young kids trying to get to school are just completely shocked by these changes. Now, COVID has curbed this discussion a fair bit, but cruise ship terminal at Yarra Bay has been a big talking point over the past couple of years. Can you give us a bit of an update on where this is? Well, currently the proposal is on pause, but just because it's on pause because of COVID doesn't make it any more shocking. You'd just be absolutely astounded to think that in the 21st century, in 2021, we'd seriously be considering concreting a beautiful beach to put what is a floating skyscraper uh, there for people to cruise around in. Uh, I mean, anyone who wants to go on a cruise, they, they don't really want to go to Port Botany. They want to go and see the world-famous Sydney Harbour. And we're like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is concrete a beach, uh, disturb um, very sensitive uh, seagrass, um, ruin the local vistas there. There's significant heritage down there as well, all for a couple of dollars for an industry, which all around the world is pretty unpopular. And everyone is saying, look, while, while it might be enjoyable, isn't the best way to go. Councillor Parker, my office is being inundated with emails and phone calls about an incinerator that is going to be put up in the eastern suburbs. What's this about? So the proposal is um, a joint venture down in Matraville um, at the paper mill to burn non-protestable, so non-organic uh, waste and turn it into electricity in order to power the paper mill. There's no benefit for all of the people around it. It will have a massive uh, multi-multi-storey stack and it will spew uh, emissions all across the eastern suburbs. Now, look, whether or not it is safe or isn't safe is a, is a matter for the scientists, but for anyone living um, right next to it, they've got to ask the question going, when is enough enough? They already live next to one of the biggest ports in uh, Sydney. They already live next to the airport. There's a legacy of contamination from heavy industry. Now they're getting a massive stack and an incinerator hundreds of metres from schools and homes and, you know, major shopping areas. you just got to go, you're kidding. Um, this should be out in the middle of nowhere, not right over people's backyards. 
Changing gears a little bit, I know one of your passions is around the nighttime economy and invigorating the nighttime economy in the eastern suburbs, particularly in Ramwick City Council. What work is being done in this space? Uh, absolutely. So big picture starting first, one thing that um, uh, council has been really pushing in, in recent years has been actually just doing a top to bottom review going, well, what works, what doesn't work. And so when I got elected, I actually was the second thing I did was say, set up a committee, get everyone together from the university, from Fringe, from the live music office and um, do a top to bottom review. They came out with a fantastic paper, which had, a, a I think, 150 recommendations uh, and council has agreed to do all of them. Uh, in practice, what does that actually look like? Well, it's far more exciting than a, a round table. It's things like late night trading uh, for small bars for 1am outdoors uh, and 2am indoors. Uh, it's actually encouraging an adaptive reuse of existing properties at night. So say, for example, you have a cafe or a restaurant and you want to host an exhibition, you want to have some drinks, you want to um, have some live music, you don't have to go through and be terrorized by planners for weeks and weeks, if not months. But what you actually do is it's all exempt and it's allowed um, so that, you know, you don't have spaces uh, laying empty because, look, people expect, you know, the city and the show to go on after dark. So we need to be allowing that. So there's some of the things. Uh, Other ones is encouraging uh, busking and live music. So if you look around at some of the town centres, uh, the council's actually been paying to get some pretty exciting bands. Uh, I know up in front of, uh, at Christmas, we had a really funky jazz band, um, which was playing on the Maruba Beach Promenade and kids are jumping around and everybody loved it. So they're just some of the things which we've been doing, uh, as well as pushing outdoor dining or dining al fresco, as everybody likes to say. But that's one thing which has been very popular. And I've had shopkeepers pulling me up and say, oh, don't take this away. This is fantastic. So there's more to say in that space too. So I could rabbit on forever, but I think they're the main ones to talk about in regards to the nightlife. Coogee Bay Road development, community consultation, 90% of people loved it. Why did Ramwick City Council take it away? In short, because what was proposed was temporary. My view, I thought it was a great initiative. When you make a change, you do it once, you do it right, and you do it permanently. You don't just put a temporary measure on there. What I think we need to be doing is everybody along Coogee Bay Road was saying it was pretty fantastic, um, at least to me, and we need to look at something more permanently so that you do it properly. I know that there were some naysayers, but like all things, um, especially uh, big changes, um, there are those who are yes, there are those that are no, but the way you do it is you do it once and you do it right and you do it properly. Now, the New South Wales government is pushing very heavily for a return for people back to the CBD. What we've seen over the last 12 months is as people haven't been in the CBD, it's actually been our residential businesses that have been the beneficiaries of this. What are your thoughts on the New South Wales government's push to get people back into the CBD? Oh, look, I could be a bit cheeky and say they'd need a way to get into the CBD first. And maybe if you didn't cut the buses, they'd be more willing. Um, because when you when it takes as long, for example, to get from La Perouse into Circular Quay as it takes from somebody uh, in the Blue Mountains on the train, you've got a serious problem. And it isn't that working in the CB isn't attractive. It's that getting there is impossible. So that would be a good start. But more seriously, look, the pandemic has 
completely changed the way we work and you, you know bosses just forcing everybody and frog marching everybody back into the city uh, isn't isn't smart because your best employees uh, are the loyal ones and who feel like they they're giving something back and if they're saying I'm more productive at home let them do that and for local businesses it's fantastic I, I remember um, going to a, a cafe in Maddo uh, during the lockdown and they were run off their feet and they said this is fantastic because people who normally come at five what they do is they drop the kids off have a coffee they go to work they pick the kids up they have another coffee uh or they they get lunch or whatever it is and then they work a bit later into the night so i see no reason as to why we're knee-jerk forcing everyone into the city especially when you're making it harder to actually get there finally council elections are coming up this year Uh, what would you say to young people who may be thinking about getting involved in politics and why they should dip their toe in local government there are a couple of reasons why I would encourage anyone uh, to jump into the local government. Look, it's no um, secret that I'm probably two decades younger than my closest colleague um, sitting around the horseshoe at Randwick. But what I think that brings is a completely different perspective. And the fact is, is whether or not you like it, decisions uh, are being made. Uh, they're being made about you. They're being made about the city you live in. And you're either um, at the table or, or you're on the menu. And there's nothing which you can't bring that somebody, you know, 30 years uh, later can, which um, you can't bring in a different way. So, look, I really encourage that. And you'd be surprised. You put your hand up. Um, and one thing which happened to me is people, were, when I was door knocking, they were going, oh, thank God, some some young blood in there. Um, and, and that was really reassuring. Um, and you think about it and you go, oh, well, what would I know? But it, it turns out that it isn't what you think you do. It's what other people say you can and, and you can't do. And, and, and you'd be surprised at how much you can get done, whether it's, you know, a nightlife, whether it's fighting for the environment. Uh, housing affordability is a big one. People who own houses aren't that interested in housing affordability. People who rent, predominantly younger people do. I rent. Uh, and every time a planning proposal comes up, that's the first thing I look to is I go, well, okay, what's this actually giving back to the community, not a, a private property developer? Because ultimately, uh, we want to live here too. Uh, and, and why you should get involved is you need to have young people making decisions which are going to affect future generations. Councillor Parker, before I let you go, there are three questions that we ask all of our visitors on Coogee Voice. You must declare the best beach in the eastern suburbs, where sells the best coffee and where you can get the best burger. Oh, So I'm going to be 150% parochial. The best beach is by far Maroubra, even though this is Coogee Voice. Sorry, listeners, but it is definitely Maroubra. The best uh, coffee is probably the Lion Buffalo on Malabar Road at um, South Coogee. Best burger, uh, well, look, it's in the name, uh, the feed bag down at Maroubra Beach. Uh, it sounds grotesque, um, but... The absolute feed is astounding and you won't go back. You can get a phenomenal burger, a beer, and that's probably where you'll find me on a Friday or a Saturday night. Their fried cauliflower is also pretty all right. Pretty all right. See, look, an endorsement from the member for Coogee, despite the fact that she has uh, snuck out past the uh, electoral boundaries, um, I think I might be onto something right there. Councillor Parker, before I let you go, if people want to find out more about the work that you're doing in the community, where should they head to? Uh, Facebook or Instagram, uh, Dylan Parker from Ramwick Council. You'll find me there. I'm always jumping up, doing something. Um, it's one of the funny things about social media. It's awkward, but it's publish or perish. Uh, academics have to do it, and it's no different for elected in, uh, individuals. And, and part of what it is is because people expect you to be out and about. Councillor Parker, thanks for joining us on Coogee Voice. Thanks, Marjorie. 
What a refreshing conversation. Now, if you're interested in the bus cuts that are impending upon our local community, don't forget there is a local rally this Sunday, the 30th of May, 11am, High Cross Park. I hope to see you there. You're listening to Coogee Voice. 